Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast. And we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Osiris. Welcome back to the 36 from the Vault mini tour presented by SmartWool. I am Rob Mitchum, your co-host. And I'm Steve. All right, Steve, we got two picks from you in a row here. But before we get into that, I just want to give us a little bit of chance to catch up. So it's been a few months since the end of the 36 from the Vault season four. Uh, What have you been doing lately, Stephen Hyden? Well, I put out a book, Rob, in September called Long Road Pearl Jam and the Soundtrack of a Generation. So I've been hawking that like crazy. Yes. Including this right now. I'm hawking it <laughs> at the moment. Uh, but no, that's been fun. And it seems like people like the book. And that's been cool to, you know, you work on a book for a long time. You don't know how it's going to be received. And it's nice when you put it out there and people like it. How about you, Rob? What have you been up to? Uh, well, as of November 2022, I am busy writing many an essay about Fish's Fall 97 tour. So uh, I have a blog. If you haven't heard of this, it's not a blog, I guess. They don't call it that anymore. A newsletter where I write about Fish shows on their 25th anniversary. Uh, So we're getting into uh, a a little tour called Fall 97 that some Fish fans may have heard about. I have to say I am incredibly intimidated to be writing about this tour and have left it way too late. So hopefully by the time this comes out, I'll be, you know, well, well on my way and I've gotten over this you know, fear at the start of the start of the process. But uh, yeah, digging into those. Thank you. 
Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. We're punishing our listeners here by talking about fish two episodes in a row. <laughs> They're going to wonder, like, what the hell is going on here? But we should assure them that our uh, next two episodes are both Grateful Dead related or dead adjacent, including this episode today, uh, where we're finally doing something that I feel like people have asked us to do in the past. Oh, yeah. Which is to talk about... Solo Jerry Garcia or like Jerry Garcia offshoots from the Grateful Dead. And we're doing that today. We're going to talk about Legion of Mary. And we're talking specifically about a show from 1975, April 19th, 75, at the Oriental Theater in Milwaukee. And I picked this show because a 36 from the Vault listener named Kevin came to my reading for Long Road in Minneapolis back in September, and he gave me this tape. And I had not heard this show before, and he he knew I liked tapes, and I think he knew that I lived in Milwaukee for a long time, and and I know the Oriental Theater quite well. So I was, I was, pleased as hell, even before I heard the tape, that someone would be so thoughtful as to give me this uh, as a gift. And then I got home and I put it on. I'm like, this sounds crispy as hell. Yeah. This is awesome. So <laughs> when we were talking about comfort listens, what we're going to, what we're going to talk about, I was like, we got to talk about Legion of Mary. Specifically, we're going to talk about the version of Bob Dylan's wicked messenger from this show, which is just 13 minutes of like molten sludgy <laughs> lava. <laughs> just beautiful. But uh, uh, have you, have you listened to much Legion of Mary in your time? It- but before I answer that, just one thing I want to say is that you're a great friend, Steve. You're always encouraging me to write a book. And I think the thing that convinced me that I need to write a book is that you can then do readings where people show up and give you tapes. Like, I will it's write so a book nice. just for that experience. That sounds I mean, amazing. That's, that's the first time that happened, but it was very <laughs> sweet. And uh, yeah, it, it was a great tape. I've listened to it a bunch. And you can go on Live Archive. We'll, we'll post a link. Yeah. Uh, to it's, it on our social it's, media. Because it's tricky, right? Because Jerry solo stuff, it's not in the Relisten app, which always makes me think that it's not on the live archive, but it's actually there. You just got to search around a little bit for it. So it's like a little internet YouTube. Yeah, yeah. On YouTube as well. You can find all I this feel like I feel like this show is like pretty well bootlegged from the Legion of Mary. It seems like one of the go-to Legion of Mary shows. Right. And it was a, so it was a, it was a radio broadcast. Uh, I found yeah. uh, on the archive page, it said it was broadcast by WZMF, a prog rock station from Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Where's yeah, Menominee Falls, Steve? Well, it's it, it's in the Milwaukee area. I, I mean, that station was long gone, to my knowledge, by the time I lived in Milwaukee. It's, yeah. it's pretty wild that Menominee Falls could hold down a prog rock station <laughs> in uh, 1975. But, I, I um, imagine it was just a suburb full of prog rock nerds. But yeah, uh, I, I maybe mean, that's maybe that's changed. I'm trying to like picture Menominee Falls. I <laughs> I know I've been there, but I, I mean I, I think it's like a pretty nice suburb though of 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 
like, like in that area of Milwaukee. Right. Um, but I definitely know the Oriental Theater. That's a place that I used to spend a lot of time at when I lived in Milwaukee because in my time, that was 2000s going into the early 2010s. It was the city's big art house movie theater. And uh, it's a it's a beautiful venue. It's like built in 1927. It's very well preserved. I, I saw a lot of movies there. One of my favorite cinematic experiences of the last 20 years was seeing There Will Be Blood on opening night Amazing. at the Oriental Theater. Just, just a beautiful theater. This is kind of theater like where an organist rises from the stage yeah. before the show. They, they play some funky organ and they go back down as, as the curtains open and you see the movie. So just a beautiful theater in like the hippest part of Milwaukee, at least at awesome. that time, the, the east side of Milwaukee. Um, and I looked it up. Some amazing shows had been at this venue like back in the day. Because uh, I think they would do shows like in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Apparently Bob Dylan played there in 1964. So early Dylan, folk singer Dylan, you know, people coming from the University of Milwaukee to go see Here, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee to go songs. see Dylan. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Iggy Pop played there with Blondie in 77, and David Bowie was in the backing band playing nice, keyboards. Yeah. yeah. Um, REM and New Order both played there in 86, like not together, but on, it would have been, I guess, Life Switch pageant for REM and New Order. I think that's that's like Brotherhood era. So two cool shows. I feel like that was toward the end of the Oriental having concerts so you didn't see any concerts there no it was strictly a movie theater yeah i saw i saw crispin glover present one of his films at the oriental theater wow like, in the flesh the receipt. yeah uh one of his insane movies which we won't get into <laughs> but i saw yeah i saw crispin glover there and you know just tons of movies uh seen at the oriental but uh it would have been a great place to see a show i mean yeah very cool venue. So I'm sure all the Jerry heads had a great night. I'm glad we're getting some classic 36 from the vault venue and movie chat in the middle of this <laughs> mini tour. Cause that's been lacking the last two episodes. We're bringing back the old format. Um, Legion of Mary. Yeah. So I haven't listened to a ton of solo Jerry um, or Legion of Mary. I, I, I read some background before listening to this tape. It pretty much just existed in 1975, right? So this is like his hiatus band almost uh, from the dead, like this particular lineup. Yeah, and it seems like the only real difference between this and the Jerry Garcia band is that they had a horn player mm. or Martin someone Fierro. who did sax. Yeah. And, yeah, because otherwise, you know, you've got uh, – uh, edit this. Do we have a lineup here? Uh, I had it somewhere. Hold I on. Know, I, okay. Yeah. Cut this. So, but otherwise you have like Merle Saunders on keyboards. You have like John Conn on bass and then the great Ron Tut on drums. I mean, they were playing in JGB uh, around this time. Ron Tut, of course, got to single him out. He was also playing with Elvis in this yeah. era. And uh, I love his drumming uh, on like in this show. I, it, it's, it's like Jerry playing with like a real like ass kicking drummer. Yeah. You know, which is obvious. I mean, you know, like Bill Kreitzman, obviously he's an ass kicker too, but in more of like a jazzy sort of way. Whereas Ron Tutt is like, 
you know, gut bucket, rock and roll type drummer. Yeah, yeah. Him and John Kahn sound great together. I got to say, the rhythm section here is really powerful. I think, so I guess the main difference between Legion of Mary and subsequent Jerry Garcia band is that Merle Saunders was part of this group. And Jerry and Merle had been playing shows on the side of the dead for for years at this point but they had never like actually had a name i think they just billed themselves as jerry garcia and merle saunders so they came up with this legion of mary name um i love this quote from jerry about like the purpose of legion of mary it was in a a, a relics article i found he said that legion of mary is a different sort of group for me i don't write material for it we play other people's songs that we like and just have a good time it's like a low profile is more desirable for me. So you can see what Jerry gets out of this, but it's very like, to me, this is a very like dudes rock sort of band. <laughs> like it's very much just like, here's five dudes getting together, playing cover songs, taking their sweet ass time about every song. <laughs> every song is like 10 minutes plus, sometimes very slow, <laughs> but it's just, you know, solos and like, uh, you know, them playing off each other and just playing whatever songs they feel like. There's very much like a bar band feel to it, <clears throat> uh, which yeah, I'm, I'm sure that. Jerry like loved having that uh, outlet away from the Grateful Dead sort of headier, uh, more ambitious uh, approach. You know, I'm, I'm I'm doing some quick research as you're talking there because, you know, as usual, we are under rehearsed <laughs> on this show. And I think what the timeline is with Legion of Mary and Jerry Garcia band is that. I mean, they both really got going in 75. So I think there's some overlap there in terms of, because like later in 75, you have the the lineup of Jerry Garcia band, like where Nicky Hopkins is the, is the keyboard player, which is like an awesome era of that band that didn't really last that long. Right. I mean, I don't think, I don't think there really was a Jerry Garcia band before 75. So I, I think Legion of Mary, Jerry Garcia band, they both got going in the same year. And it seems like maybe Legion of Mary was was first because maybe Jerry just didn't want to call it after himself right away. Right. But then it did but then it transitioned into Jerry Garcia band. I feel like there are Jerry Garcia band scholars out there who will uh just they, they probably have smoke coming out of their ears right now because <laughs> uh we're fucking this up. But the fact of the matter is is that the Legion of Mary lineup and the early Jerry Garcia band lineup is like virtually the same. Right. You know, like you said, like bringing in uh, Saunders to play keyboards is a little bit different because he's doing side gigs with him. Like, but at any rate, I think what I really love about solo Jerry, not just during this era, but in general is the diversity of, of material that he was playing and like how it differs from the grateful dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where that really comes into uh, play is with the Dylan covers that Jerry would do in his solo projects, which I think are a lot more interesting than like what the Grateful Dead was doing. If you look at the Grateful Dead and the Dylan material that they were drawing from, it's generally from the mid-60s, it's Highway like 61. From the Greatest Hits Blonde. album almost. <laughs> yeah, and... And and Bob sings it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly what the split is, but it's at least 50-50. And if it's not 50-50, it's a little bit in Bob's favor mm-hmm. in The Grateful Dead. Um, whereas on his own, Jerry was drawing from a much wider uh, collection of albums and often from like more obscure or like not 
as popular records. Like in this very show, he pl- he also plays Tough Mama, which is from Planet Waves, which right. was a, the, like a relatively new Bob Dylan record at this point. That was you know that came out in '74. This shows in '75. Um, and then Wicked Messenger come from John Wesley Harding, uh, which that's regarded as one of the great Dylan records. But you know for the Grateful Dead, like they're not going that deep into his catalog. Right. And then later on, you know, I think one of my favorite covers that Jerry does of a Dylan song is Senor Tales of Yankee Power, which was something that really became a showstopper in the 80s going into the 90s. Uh, and that song is from Street Legal, and that came out in 78. And when Jerry was doing that song, Street Legal, that the reputation of that record was in the dumps. I mean, right. No one liked that record. Now it's been rescued as like a lost classic. But at the time, you know, no self-respecting Dylan fan in the public was stumping for Street Legal. So I don't know. For me, Dylan, uh, for me, Jerry is the best Dylan interpreter. Yeah. He's my favorite interpreter of, of, of Bob's songs. I think Bob has even said that Jerry taught him how to play his own songs. Like he would hear Jerry do his songs and... He's like, I need to do him like Jerry because he, yeah. he could take it to a place I can't. Um, but this cover of The Wicked Messenger is another great example of of Jerry really taking that song someplace else. Yeah. Well, that's what um, this tape, how this tape connected with me because uh, without you even knowing about it, you got me off on a Dylan deep dive Ooh, over nice. the last month or so. Because I, once we were done recording our episode, I suddenly had all this free listening time. Once we were done recording our, our series, I should say. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'm finally going to sit down. I'm going to start listening to Joker Men, the Bob Dylan podcast, uh, which you have been on at least a couple times, right? Yeah. I think I found two different appearances by you. So I started with uh, my buddy Steve going through Steve withdrawal. So it's like, I'm going to listen to Steve talk to these other <laughs> yahoos about Dylan. Uh, and you did two episodes. It was a two part episode where you ran down your up rocks, uh, list of the best Dylan albums. Yes. And <clears throat> it got me so excited because it, parts of it was just total gibberish to me. Like I thought I knew Dylan pretty well. And then you guys are arguing about Infidels versus Tempest for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I have no idea what either of these albums even sounds like, basically, other than like, you know, Joker Man. Um, so I decided, all right, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to listen front to back Dylan's discography. And I'm going to make a playlist of all the songs that I just have never really come across before. Like the deep cuts that I had no like perspective on before. Uh, and two of the songs that I pulled as I was going through the catalog were Wicked Messenger and Tough Mama, both of which show up in this set just magically. So it was, it was a cosmic uh, coincidence that you then sent me this tape of Jerry playing both. Uh, so yeah, so I'm having a great time with that. All thanks to you. And uh, I'm forgetting the Jokerman guy's names. One is Ian. What's the other yeah, one? Evan and Ian. Evan and Ian. Oh, yeah, great it. podcast. You should check it out. Now they're doing Lou Reed and John Cale. Can't vouch for that. I haven't listened to those yet, but I've been listening to them talk about like Empire Burlesque, and it's it's been a great commute. Listen, um, yeah, I, I was also on there to talk about Warren Zevon, and we talked about that's right. two very deep cut Warren Zevon albums. <laughs> uh, one was Mutineer, and the other was Sentimental Hygiene. Sentimental Hygiene is maybe not a deep cut album at this point, but at any rate, 
Uh, also talked about Warren Zevon. So any chance <laughs> I get to talk about infidels and Warren Zevon, I'm, I'm very happy. You're there. You're there. Uh, so yeah, so I really enjoyed this. And like from both like the, I am not that familiar with the Legion of Mary perspective, but also from hearing Jerry's takes on these songs. I really like his version of Tough Mama too, which is like a, on record is like, it's it's like concentrated Dylan in the band. <laughs> like it sounds so much like the band that I was a little bit like, how is Jerry going to do this? Cause no other bands sound like the band. Right. But I think it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's got Martin Fierro playing a weird, like wah pedal sax, which I'm not sure if I like it or not, but it's at least interesting. Uh, and then wicked messenger, uh, sounds, I mean, so the Dylan wicked messenger is under two minutes long, I think. Right. It's like one of his yeah. shortest songs. Uh, and this one is like 13 minutes. <laughs> so yeah. he takes it in a different direction, let's say. Well, yeah, like the Dylan version of Wicked Messenger, again, it's on the album John Wesley Harding, which is one of my favorite Bob Dylan records, came out in 67. And on that album, it's Bob playing acoustic guitar and harmonica, and then you have Charlie McCoy on bass and Kenny Bettery on drums. And just the interplay of McCoy and Buttery is like unbelievable. I mean, they're just so funky and it's very upbeat on this particular song. And and it's a very jaunty take on the song on John Wesley Harding. And like you said, like this uh, Legion of Mary version is like, it's almost like Jerry goes black Sabbath or something. It's like very (laughs) slow and sludgy and heavy. And it shows what Jerry could do outside of the Grateful Dead because, because he only had one drummer and he was the only guitar player yeah, it's just the leaner sound. It almost sounds like a power trio, even though there's more, few more uh, musicians on stage. Um, it's just less cluttered, so you could do something. I, I don't want. I don't want to say. I mean, cluttered sounds like a bad thing. Obviously, I love him with the Grateful Dead. I'm just saying it's 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 more sparse in this context, um, which I really love. I have to shout out to another cover of the Wicked Messenger that was done between the Dylan version and Legion of Mary. And it was by this band, the faces that I love with Rod Stewart and Ronnie Wood and Ronnie Lane and all those drunken British boys. (laughs) They did the wicked messenger and it's, I feel like Jerry must've heard the faces cover because the faces electrify it and they slow it down. And then Jerry just slows it down again. Yeah, I love the you know, idea of Jerry being like, you think you can slow down Dylan, Ronnie Wood? You ain't seen nothing right. yet. <laughs> right. Well, it's like, it's like when the Faces did it, it's almost like, okay, we're going to compete with Led Zeppelin with this cover. Yeah. And we're going to just make it heavy and sludgy and badass sounding. And it's a great cover. But yeah, the, the, yeah Jerry's just like, okay, I'm going to slow it down even more. And it is generally true, like like Legion of Mary, and I think this is also the case with Jerry Garcia Band of this era, is that um, he did slow things down and make it longer. Like, there's a great cover, speaking of, of Dylan covers, of Positively 4th Street mm-hmm. that, that Jerry Garcia Band played, I think it's the same year, because it's with Nicky Hopkins. And that slows the song down, and I think it's like 11 minutes long. And that's a beautiful version because there's just all these really long Jerry Garcia guitar solos on it. And it kind of changes the song a little bit. Cause you know, like when Dylan does it, it's like this spiteful 
angry finger pointing song. Mm-hmm. And when Jerry does it, it's dreamier and almost sweet, even though he's singing, you've got a lot of nerve to say you are my friend. Yeah. Um, but it works. Um, but yeah, I know. I, I just love, you know, we talk about later dead being too slow, but this is like slow on purpose. Right. Right. I think, yeah, he's not playing slow to cover up for loss of ability, I guess. It's, uh, it's an aesthetic choice, right? And it's like, it's a great song to slow down, I think, too, because like a lot of Dylan, I guess, and I'm learning this as I, you know, go through the Christian era and everything that came after that. The Wicked Messenger feels very biblical. Right. Uh, so it's not like a spiteful, angry, young Dylan song, like Positively Fourth Street. It's like this song that, like, every line feels so heavy, even when he's singing it as like a pretty quack, quick folk song uh so to slow it down and make it just like you know doom rock <laughs> like right. actually works great it sounds like totally apocalyptic um, right I, I was gonna use that word i mean it sounds very like you know, sermon on the mount type you know sinister doom is coming you got the thunder crashing in the background right type version uh and again Jerry sounds great. I love Ron Todd's drums on this too. I, I again, he's playing slow, but he's still finding a way to do little flourishes here and there that really drive home the power of the song. Like it's slow, but it does not sound weak. It sounds right. very powerful. And you're right, Billy and Mickey, they could never <laughs> like they yeah. would they would get so bored doing this uh, and would have to all sorts of you know bells and whistles tossed in but you're right like tut as like the powerhouse drummer like is just he's the one that's really going to bring the sort of thud the doom to this whole performance it's funny it kind of sounds a little bit like maybe dylan today would perform this song i don't know if he does wicked messenger ever but like you know slowing it down and making it heavier seems to be what he does <laughs> a lot of times yeah. these days oh no yeah i think there's a lot of truth to that I, you know, Ron Tunt recently passed away. I, I don't, I'm sure there's got to be an interview. Maybe Ray Padgett did it with Ron Tut. I would love to hear what it was like to toggle between the Jerry and Elvis worlds. Yeah. You know, you have two iconic 20th century musicians who just seem like they're from opposite worlds. You know, Ron Tut's playing with Elvis in, in Vegas, and then you're going to like Milwaukee to, Play Wicked Messenger with Jerry. Menominee Falls. Yeah. And I don't know exactly like what the overlap was, if he was doing both at the same time, or if he was with Elvis and then he did Jerry, but I don't know. That's yeah. such a weird and awesome resume to have to play with yeah. both of those guys. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I, I should say, too, I love the version of The Harder They Come on this as well, which is like, Kind of the opposite. I mean, it's the same as far as slowing it down and stretching out the source material, but it's not, you know, heavy. It's very light. Like, I listened to this show on the exercise bike yesterday, and I was like, is this going to be a bad idea? Because it's Jerry Solo is usually such a slow, like, uh, pondering, pond, ponderous, I guess, is maybe a little too negative. But, like, it's, it, it's, it's not, you know, a fast, like, pick you up for an exercise sort of experience. But I actually really liked working out to it because the harder they come just like went on and on and on. I think it's like 18 minutes long and it just like floats along. And before you know it, like you're 20 minutes farther down the road than you were before. So uh, I'm going to have to check out more solo Jerry. I think, I think that's what I took away from this. I mean, and that quality I think really comes out 
in the eighties with Jerry Garcia band. I mean, you hear it in the seventies too, but like he really indulges his like sweet, like soul singer side Mm -hmm. in the solo work. Like he does a lot of Motown stuff. uh, And there's like a lightness to a lot of the material uh, that is really engaging. And I think like when you listen to Jerry sing with JGB in the late eighties, early nineties versus with the grateful dead, a lot of times his voice sounds like a bit better probably because there's just like less going on on stage that you have to sing over, you Mm -hmm. know, like he could sing a little more gently on his own. And it, whereas like his voice starts to sound a little afraid once you get into the nineties when you hear him with the dead on his solo stuff, I think the sweetness is it lingers there a little bit longer just because of the nature of the material and and maybe just the band uh, that that he's playing with. Uh, So Good stuff. And again, thank you, Kevin, for giving me this tape. Enjoying the hell out of it. I should say, too, I love the little snippet of You Can Leave Your Hat On, too, the Rainbow oh, right, yeah. song. You get about three minutes of that. That's really cool, too. But, yeah, love it. This is a great tape. Definitely check it out. We'll share a link with it. You can listen to it on Live Archive. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 36 from the Vault, presented by Smartwool. Yep. We got one we'll more. Back. We're going to give. Yes. Uh, we're gonna really going to deliver on the next one. It's what, what you all want. I'm sure. (laughs) We'll get to that next week. We wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. 
Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.